0: Welcome to Beyond the Summit. This is Scalability's series of podcasts where we have some really interesting chats to some really interesting Northwest business leaders. If you want to hear more in the series, hit subscribe. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what we do, visit us at scale-ability.co.uk. We'd like to welcome today Stephen Bolton from Lancashire Business View. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Claude So, uh, let's kick things off. Let's talk a little bit um, about your position and uh, and tell us a little bit about, about Lancashire Business View.
1: Um, so, I'm Commercial Director for Lancashire Business View and Red Rose Awards. Uh, we've been publishing Lancashire Business View since 2005, uh, so quite a few years now. Um, my role... Um, bluntly speaking, is to generate revenue, bring sponsorship and advertising into the business. Um, But as the years have progressed, it's become very, very much um, client-facing, looking at relationships. We really do try and pride ourselves on building long-lasting, long-term partnerships with businesses. I know that's a real catchphrase, but it's something that we really do try and honour and build on uh, it's far easier to just build a long-term partnership rather than just ad hoc keep going back to people as and when i think it's just something that we really pride ourselves on as a business um, we've always looked at things long term uh, we're never looking at quick fixes we would much rather build a long-term strategic partnership with a business rather than just being simply ad hoc uh, or as a one-off i don't think there's anything worse and don't think they would see value from that and what we really get off on is the the feedback, the positivity. And it feels great to know that a business is actually benefiting from working with us. That's that's really what we stand for as a business. So long may that continue.
0: And tell me a little bit more about the Red Rose Awards.
1: Right, where do you want me to start? Um, so we launched um, 12 years ago. Uh, this year, we enter our 13th Red Rose Awards. It started as an idea um, that was led by a couple of key sponsors, advertisers that we worked with back in the day. People who were talking to us generally saying you should do your own business awards. If I'm honest, I think we were slightly reluctant initially. Uh, The market was crowded, there was a lot of business awards out there. There are still a lot of business awards out there. Um, But I think what we cleverly did from day one, we wanted to differentiate from the competition. So we wanted to put an event on in theory, that we'd want to attend ourselves. And that was the simple philosophy for us. So it wasn't replicating what anybody else was doing. For us, it was fast-paced. It was good food. It was entertainment. No long speeches. Um, Everything, when we attend an event, and I suspect how other people attend events, you just want to be entertained. You just want to go for a really good night. And I think the real game changer for us for the first year When we launched this, we were still really, really strong, particularly in East Lancashire. Uh, We were still developing relationships and really building our territories in the west of the counter, in the north of the counter, And I think everyone expected us to do it in either Blackburn or Burnley, Um, and we chose Blackpool. So Blackpool from year one was our venue of choice. And that, looking back, was was a really smart move because I think it surprised people. it committed us to another part of the county. So we were hopefully bringing people from the east of the counter, uh, from the Preston area, into Blackpool, and hopefully down from the, the north, from Lancaster and and, uh, and Morecambe. So looking back, that that was probably one of the best things we could do. But it's like anything else, you know, you go with your pump, you go with your gut. Um, and I remember speaking to, to prospects and clients of ours to say, look, you know, we're launching the Red Rose Awards we'd love you to sponsor it. Unfortunately, um, a lot of people backed us and what they were backing was an idea. We had nothing to show them. It was literally a media pack. It was us talking to them direct, talking about what we'd planned to do. Uh, and I remember when I got went out to, to speak to potential sponsors, um, I was telling people, well, we're probably going to expect hopefully about 250 in the room. That was our benchmark. That's what for the first year we were aiming to achieve. Um, we actually generated interest to the level of 640 people attending the first one, um, which meant that we had to move venue for the first year. So our original venue was the Hilton Blackpool, um, which I think at the time had a capacity of maximum of 500. So that unfortunately was out. So we ended up at the Winter Gardens. And again, you know, sometimes you look back at things and you think, wow, this this really was meant to be. Um, And the Winter Gardens is a fabulous venue. Um, And as we've grown, we've been able to grow within the Winter Gardens arena. Um, So we use the floral hallway. uh, We use the Empress Ballroom. We use the arena room. And it's just become a monster, monster event. And it's become... A massive part of our business it really has i actually look at it now as we should almost separate it from the rest of the business it should be a business in its own right that that's got it's got the look and feel of that it certainly takes up enough headspace and enough labor time for us um but yeah it's, it's just been a fabulous experience and again you know wanting to do it different than the competition wanting to grow it year on year um always having this appetite and this obsession of tweaking it and adding new elements keeping it fresh and i always use the same example i would never want a regular sponsor to be sat in the room on the night thinking last year was better because if that happens we're taking a step back fortunately every year we get even better feedback than the year before not saying we're perfect we don't get everything right And if we get something wrong, we're quick to address it and we put it right for the year after. Um, But, you know, if you look at the event now, I think there's just short of 40 uh, joint sponsors involved in it. Um, Attendance-wise, this year was uh, just short of 1,100. Um, It's just become a huge, huge event. And I think it's easy just to talk about the night itself, but again, where I think we've really developed the overall campaign So, you know, we have a launch event for sponsors. So we bring sponsors together. And the appetite for us there is to start conversations. Um, Our judging days are still in person. A lot of other awards have gone down the online route. And I can fully understand why they've done that. But we we have always had this obsession about bringing people together. People want to meet people in person. And again, we were fortunate with the timing of COVID very fortunate that we were able to facilitate that in person. And I think as a sponsor, as an independent judge, and I think even as a finalist, if you're a finalist business, you wanna meet the judges in person. You wanna go and pitch to them, you wanna look them in the eyes and you wanna talk to them direct. And we've been able to do that. So we've got the judging days, um, we've got the winner's reception, which is a completely separate event. Um, We've even added networking events. Uh, where we bring the sponsors together for another opportunity just to meet one another, start conversations and see where that progresses. Because again, it goes back to that attitude and that belief that we've got that if people are seeing value from working with us, they will continue to work with us. And it's as simple as that.
0: You've talked quite a bit there, um, whether it be about Lancashire Business View or Red Rose Awards about doing things differently. That feels like it's a really key part of your business. Would you say that that's a key part of your leadership style as well?
1: I don't necessarily think it's leadership style. I think we are a really small business. There's eight of us full-time. Uh, and then we have a bank of freelance workers that we don't actually class as freelance. We actually class them as almost fully fledged employees. You know, we can phone them anytime that they're, they're brilliant to work with. But as a core group, uh, there's eight of us. Um So from a leadership perspective, I'm not sure. Um, I think what we are good at is bringing everybody on board to have a voice. So when we sit down and we discuss new ideas and we're brainstorming, that's in theory, everybody in the business. It's not just me and Richard. Um, It's it's potentially led by us, but it's wanting to get everyone's views and everyone's opinions. Because you can be damn sure that somebody will come out with an absolute gem of an idea just from having a contribution to the discussion. So we've always been mindful of that, but I think we challenge ourselves internally as well. Um, And I think because we're visible, uh, we engage with our audiences on a regular basis, a lot of the ideas actually come from conversations externally. And that's something that we're always listening, we're always asking for feedback, I'm obsessive with that. You know, I'll always turn around to people regarding Red Rose Awards. What was your food like? What was the night like? Could you hear everything? What did you think of the entertainment? So, and we want honest answers. The best conversations we have are when somebody turns around and says, Stephen, I really enjoyed it, but, and I'm waiting for that. Right, what's the idea? What have you got that can make this better? So internally, yeah, there's a real collective of let's push this forward. We don't like to just roll out the same standard events or the same standard magazine. We always try and push everything that we do. But at the same time, I think a lot of it is also driven by partners, supporters, sponsors externally that I think want to see us do well. Because if we're doing well, they're doing well because we're putting something on that everyone benefits from.
0: What I'm getting from everything that you're saying is that um, not only your business, but but clearly you are quite a people-focused person. Um, so how would you describe your journey to where you are now? Has that very much been all about learning from other leaders and other business managers? Um, so yeah, talk, talk, talk me through how, how you've ended up as Commercial Director of Lancashire Business View
1: so i'll try and answer that in a different way i'll just give you a potted history of my background so i left university um and my dad who is he doesn't know this but he's almost like a mentor to me um, because he's just rock solid um just just a great great guy um he turned around to me and said right you've done university you need a job and i was like yeah well I'm, i'm looking for a job he said no just get a job i know you want a type of job you just need to get employed you need to be on the ladder and then you can go from there so i applied for all sorts of jobs and i eventually after a few months got a job at the lancashire telegraph the newspaper in blabber and i was um working on the sales team on the classified sales team never ever thought i would become a salesperson so my background was uh, initially graphic design, art and design at Blackman College. It was then product design at Huddersfield University. And then it was a a BA honours degree on business and marketing. But I never ever saw myself as a salesperson. So I got this sales role at The Telegraph. Uh, It was the first job that was offered to me. So with my dad's guidance, I said yes, I went into it. And I went in completely blind, um, really naive, and, it was probably the best thing I could have done because I ended up on the classified team working with 15 or 16 females. So there was me, a single bloke, working with 15 or 16 females who that that was either that was either going to work really well or it was going to be an utter disaster. And I probably would have lasted weeks. But fortunately, they all mothered me, they all looked after me, and I loved every second of it. And it was really good guidance. It was a great way of learning about business and how others sold and how they presented. And I'll be honest with you, I was pretty naff as a salesperson then. I didn't know anything. And I was I was also of that age where I was only really interested in picking my way to slip up at the end of the week or the end of the month, going out at the end of the week uh, around Blackburn, boozing, uh, having a good night. That's all I was interested in. I was still living at home with my parents There was no real goal or desire just to to progress. Um, But eventually after a few years, I did, uh, and I moved up to become what we classed as a sales rep, which was then you were out and about. You you had a car, you had a company car, which was a Ford Fiesta at the time. Um, And again, looking back, you know, sometimes things happen and you look back and think, well, I'm so glad that happened. Um, When I became a sales rep, Originally, I was just given a territory, so you'd have a region within Blackburn and Darwin that you would cover, and that's what I presumed I was going to get. And when I started the job, they turned around to me and said, we think you'd be really good on the business supplement. So the Telegraph ran a business supplement every month, which was newspaper print, about 32 pages, standalone, and it was distributed uh, alongside the Telegraph newspaper, uh, and also obviously to direct to businesses. And again, didn't know anything about business to business. Uh, I'd never been involved in it. I'd always been business to consumer. Uh, So the classified section was all about roofers, joiners, uh, selling your car, selling vehicles, whatever it was on the classified section. So a real mixed bag. So the business supplements was a massive eye-opener. And that's where I started having conversations with the local Chamber of Commerce. Business Link were the headline sponsor of the supplements. Uh, and it was also where I then started having conversations with the editor of the supplement, the business editor for the Telegraph. And looking back, and I'll be open about this, I could never understand, we were never allowed to talk to the editorial team. So the editorial team were on one floor and advertising and sales were on a floor separate. And you weren't in theory allowed to talk to each other. It, it was bonkers. So advertising wise, you never knew what was gonna be in the uh, in the newspaper, You never knew what was gonna be on the front cover of the newspaper. And you were trying to sell around that. So it was a real disjointed way of working looking back. But me and Andy Calvert, who was the editor, I got to know Andy, I liked him. He was really old school. Uh, He was a proper journalist, he was a real character. And one day he turned around to me, after getting to know him over probably about 12 months, he just turned around to me out of the blue and he said, I'm gonna go and work on a new business magazine. And I said, you lucky so-and-so, because by going out and speaking to the businesses and rather than becoming a telephone sale, it was becoming a face-to-face sale and a face-to-face appointment. And I really started to enjoy that side of it, but I was getting feedback from the people who were advertising with us and those that weren't. And what they were saying was, we really like the content. The content of this supplement is fantastic, but it's newspaper print why can't it be a glossy magazine? So I would feed that back to my bosses. um, And obviously there was real hierarchy at Telegraph, which was owned by NewsQuest. And they just, I don't think there just wasn't really the appetite to to go with the glossy magazine. So I'm hearing this from clients and prospects. And then Andy Calvert, in the same instance, is telling me that he's going to work on a new magazine that's gonna be glossy. He's gonna be writing it it's gonna be a bit like a Lancashire life, for business. And I thought, well, that's gotta work because I know people want that. Um, so I had a chat with Andy and Andy then facilitated the chat with Richard Slater, who is the publisher, um, 17 years on, we're still working together. Uh, so I'd like to think it's worked really well. It never felt like a gamble. And looking back, it was a huge gamble because again, a bit like Red Rose Awards, we were selling an idea. You know, we actually had a dummy edition of the magazine that we were taking out to prospects to say, this is what it's going to look like. Um, so yeah, looking back, it was utterly bonkers, but it just felt right. And I think sometimes if it feels right in the gut, you've just got to go with it. And again, went back to my dad and confided in my dad and I said, I want to leave the Telegraph. Uh, I've been given an opportunity to work on this new business magazine can I borrow a car off you because I didn't have a car because I'd obviously given my car up at the Telegraph, I had to give that back. So for 12 months, I borrowed a car off my dad. Um, and in the early days, it was a real struggle. You know, we, we, we had a magazine that people liked, but we work in a real cutthroat industry. We work in an industry where rate card goes out the window. Um, people sell cheap and they sell last minute, they fill in space. And we always vowed that we wouldn't do that. We want and again, a bit like the talk of the Red Rose Awards. Let's do this differently. Let's create something that's not out there. Let's be true to our values. Let's not sell last minute. Because if we do that, we're never gonna get, get them to, to, to pay to, to pay for rate car prices. And as tempting as it was in the early days, and it was to go back to people last minute, to to not, not to fill the magazine, but to to generate extra revenue we held a nerve and we didn't really make money in the early years and i think we all be honest to say that it was really touch and go for two or three years we were propped up by the Lanx chamber of commerce they supported the project i think for the first 18 months and then we started to slowly grow and i'll always remember the real um changing moment for me was we got a phone call from kpmg And it was out of the blue. And they said, we've been watching you for 6, 12 months. We like what you're doing. Can we have a conversation with you? And that, I think, was the catalyst of we're doing something right. People are finally realizing what we're doing. We're here to stay. And again, going back to the industry, there's so many magazines that get published that within 6, 12 months are gone. Because it is cutthroat. And it's hard. It's a tough industry. And we just held the nerve, persevered remain true to our values and the core values still applies they did on day one and again I think that's interesting to share that because we've always believed in what we do we are I like to think passionate about what we do but we're only as good as the people that we work with and we're only as good as the people that we report on and that's that's the beauty of what we do
0: it sounds like um, Andy and your dad have been quite sort of transformational uh, along that journey yeah
1: Unfortunately, Andy died. Uh, Andy passed away a couple of years ago, which which was really sad to hear. Um, So Andy stayed with the business for four or five years, I think, um, and then went his own way, did his own thing. I think he moved into the PR world. Um, But yeah, Andy was very old school, um, a good character, uh, and he brought a lot of the the values that we still have. You know, I always and. In every picture I make, I always say we're editorially led. And what I mean by that is we're led by the stories. We're not led by the advertising. We're led by the content. And in the main, you can't buy the content. So if you want the front cover, it's not about how much you're prepared to throw at us for that. It's up to the editor who decides who goes on the front cover. And it's usually our big interview story. That's led by Jed, who's the editor, Jed Henderson. So, and again, I just think we do things the right way. Uh, I'm not saying we don't sell editorials; we do. Um, but anybody that wants to have something in the magazine for genuine reasons, there's almost a protocol of how that works. I put them through to Jed. Jed either okay's it or doesn't, and that's the route we go down. So, yeah.
0: Is there anybody else on your journey that you would consider as as being transformational, whether that be from a, a business point of view or more on a personal development level?
1: There's a lot, um, and I I probably wouldn't want to single too many people out. I think it'd be wrong of me not to mention Richard. Um, Working with him for 17 years, and again, going back to the Telegraph days, the way that the Telegraph operated, they wanted you sat at your desk. They wanted to see that you're on the phone. Um, And I remember my interview. Was it an interview? I think think it was just a chat with Richard when I went to see him. It didn't feel like an interview. I remember saying to him, If you're looking for a guy to make 50 or 60 phone calls a day, I'm not your man. If you want somebody that's going to make 10 appointments or phone calls or meetings all mixed together, that's me. Um, and hopefully Richard bought into that because I guess where we're at now, it has proved successful. We're still in business, we still operate the magazine, we still publish. Um, but we've gone on from that. and. Yeah, I think it would be wrong not to not to reference Richard because I think Richard allowed me the space and the time. He was never checking up, he was never questioning what I was doing. And I think there's a really good partnership there. It's probably the best partnership we have is probably me and Richard within the business.
0: Well, 17 years is, is quite the stretch, isn't it? Marriage, so it's obviously it? working. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's longer than most marriages, I would say. Well, yeah.
1: that yeah. well, is actually. That's very true, yeah.
0: Um, so what does the future hold for, um, for you within the business and the business in general?
1: Um, the the future is really exciting. I think the future is what you make of it. Um, so for me, I want to progress. Uh, I want to grow within the company. I'm commercial director um there are plans afoot for me to to go further up the chain um we want to bring more people in um we don't have an obsession about becoming from an eight or ten person business to a 25 50 person business we're never going to be that size of company that's not us that's not our model and i don't think our um business allows us to do that we don't have the appetite for that We're, we're very very um aware that we can only grow to a certain level realistically. But what we do need are salespeople um, and we probably need a couple of uh, marketeers. Um, We might need somebody else on the editorial side moving forward. So we're not going up in massive headcounts, but we're really keen to bring the right people in. So rather than have 10, 15, we'd probably look to have three or four, but the absolute right people that can help move this business on. And something that I learned a long time ago and I hope that it comes to fruition is we can't do everything ourselves. We don't have all the best ideas. We don't know everybody. But I think if you bring the right people in that will challenge you, and actually, I, I probably, I'll probably get this same wrong, but you bring people in that are better than you. And I think that's our mindset. We want to bring people in that are better than us, that will develop the business and will push it on and hopefully will challenge us internally, like we're doing as we do, but we'll come in with new thinking, new ideas and want to help move it forward. Because when you look at it, 17 years in as a completely independent publishing house, which is what we are, is mind-blowing. You know, you look at the Telegraph that doesn't have a business supplement now, I'm not sure the Lancashire Union Post has a business supplement now. We're one of the few remaining news channels out there that is constantly promoting the latest news, key features, opinions, analysis on business life in Lancashire. And that's pretty bonkers when you when, when you strip it back like that, because we're still such a small business, but we punch massively above our weight. We really do.
0: So just to touch on um, recruitment of people, um, how how do you go about that then? Do you just look for the right experience or are you looking more for the right person that fits your business and then you can develop them into the kind of uh, role that you're looking for?
1: Bit of both. Um, I think for us, because we have hired salespeople in the past and unfortunately it hasn't worked, uh, but you know, any business – that is in business will say, you know, we've hired, we thought we'd hired the right person. It didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, I think we're more comfortable in knowing what we want, uh, but I also think we're flexible. So yes, we do want the experience, but we also want somebody that will come in and have their own ideas, have their own strategies. We can give them a template and we can give them a platform, but for me, it's far better. A bit like when I started with Richard, I wasn't told what to do. And anybody new coming in, we can share, obviously, all the products. We've got the media packs. We can give them the material. But the way they actually deliver that, the sales pitches and presentations, I wouldn't want somebody to come in and just directly become me. They've got to become their own person. They've got to become their own personality. And I think that's the way you sell. I think if you can sell because you're passionate about what you do, and you talk within your own language and you talk within your own um, understanding your own comfort zone, that to me is far more impressive. And I think we benefit far more from that than just almost bringing out a manual to say, this is exactly how you do it. Because that's not the way I was taught. I, I was fortunate that I was given license to learn on my feet. Um, I think it's different now because obviously I came into a brand new product that, that, didn't actually exist when I when I started. We have got our products, we've got 17 years behind us. We've got a fabulous network of businesses that we operate with, but I think there's about 55,000 businesses in Lancashire. We don't know them all. I don't imagine we'll ever know them all, but the ambition has to be, we wanna to get to know more and more of them. So the, the appetite for us is huge because Lancashire for us, is just the perfect place to be. It's still got a massive opportunity for us, but we need other people to help grow the business so that we can deliver more and more to, to, to our audiences.
0: Well, I certainly see that from a first-hand point of view. Um, you know, there are, there are always LinkedIn posts from yourself and, you know, it, it appears that you have an excellent network in Lancashire, but what always rings true um, on those posts for me is there's always a real nice personal touch there. You know, they're never overly corporate posts. And it seems to me that, you know, you have really genuine connections with these Lancashire business people. So is that is that something that you find that's more specific to, to, to Lancashire folk, so to speak?
1: I only love, know Lancashire, so I don't know any other region. Uh, I'm Lancashire-born and bred, as you can tell with the accent. Um, so for me, I just think it's a great place to do business. I, I really do. I could literally count on one hand the people that I wouldn't want to do business with that or maybe have had a bad experience for whatever reason. So in 17 years to have generated that, and, and I probably struggle with one hand to be fair. Um, there's people out there that are class as mates, as friends, uh, people that I hugely respect, people that I, I love to spend time with, um it's interesting you mentioned the linkedin post because the the jives and the jokes that i'm getting at the moment are they're all about golf um but again i, I just think we, we do try and do business differently um but we always try and do it together with 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 everyone that we're working with and we are only as good as our last red rose awards we're only as good as our last magazine we're only as good as our last post on the website or the last update on LBV hub and that's driven Partly by the people that we work with. Um, Red Rose Awards would not exist without our sponsors because they pay for this. They, they help us deliver the event that we do. We couldn't do that without that. And we're very, very quick to, to to acknowledge that. And some of the best advice and most simplest advice I got a few years back, we did a, a little mastermind course with Sales Geek uh, based in Blackburn And we worked very closely with Richard few at the time. And I think we had six or eight one-on-one sessions with Richard, uh, morning sessions, absolutely brilliant, really, really eye-opening. But my biggest takeaway from that, and it's so simple, is to say thank you, to thank people for the business. And it's something that I think we're doing more and more, and we're doing it better and better. But you've equally got to be sincere when you do it. we can all say thank you you've got to mean it and i genuinely do mean it richard means it. the team mean it we we, we, we cannot operate without our audience without our client base um and yes yeah, saying thank you goes a long long way
0: so we've touched a little bit there on a few of the sort of key people that sound like they've uh they've really made an impact on the business are there any standout moments along the journey, either for you as an individual or for the business where you've had a real tidbit from somebody and you've thought, yeah, this is this is something I'm going to take with me for the rest of my career?
1: Again, I think the best way of me explaining that is to just share my background more recently. So um, I think four years ago, I signed up to a B- boost mentoring program. Uh, And my mentor was Andrew Botham and J.D. Davis uh, facilitated this and introduced me to Andrew. And I had a series of uh, sessions with Andrew talking about my personal development, uh, but also the business's development. And again, we were talking before about people that I'd like to acknowledge and who've been massively influential on me. Andrew is right up there. And still to this day, we talk on a regular basis. He's very much a former friend. Uh, If you want to just run something by somebody, he's the person to go to. Um, So that's been massive for me. But that set me on a bit of a journey. So Andrew was my mentor. I'd never done anything like that before. Partly the reason I did it, I did want to um, progress myself for my own personal development. But I knew that would then aid the development of the business as well. So it was twofold. But then I also, I think it just whetted the appetite for more and more learning. So I've recently done a productivity course with Lancaster University. But again, we're talking about game changing moments. Um, we did a course with Edge Hill University pre-lockdown, so pre-COVID. We did a course with Edge Hill University and we were doing a lot of work with Edge Hill generally. And we were hearing about this program that they launched. And we knew some businesses that had been on the program. And it had been revolutionary for these businesses. And these businesses were really like walking billboards, advertising Edge Hill. And we just thought, we have to get involved in this. We have to sign up to this. So we did. So the three of us, me, Richard, and Rachel, um, went on the courses. There were three full days. And I think we had a... Fourth, either half day or full day. So, yeah, let's say there were four days of intense, and it was absolutely intense. It was draining. They literally stripped our business back. So, we were completely naked, there was nothing left, and they helped us piece it together. So, we led on the piecing it together again, but they were there overseeing it and strategically questioning certain things. You're too cheap. You're giving way too much. They really challenged us on everything to the point where we still use the phrase agile thinking. So four years on, we're still using that phrase and we still hold dear some of the learnings that we, um, we developed in that period of time. Obviously, we then went into lockdown, but I think we were fortunate that we had this plan, this long-term strategy of where we wanted to be in three, five years, 10 years from now. And we're still very much on that journey. Um, we are heading in the right direction. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But yeah, that, that, that was another really, really important part for us of the development of the business overall. It's been huge.
0: Um, so that was really fascinating to hear about your experience with Edge Hill University and with Boost, both very well-recognized um, facilitators and organizers of, of businesses in the area. Is there anything else that you've participated in that's been particularly helpful?
1: Uh, yeah, the absolute standout for me is the peer networking. Because I'd been speaking to clients and associates that had been on the peer networking before and spoke really positively about it, there was almost the fear of missing out syndrome of I really need to get involved in this. Um, so signed up with Paul Acefort, uh, signed up to the Lancaster branch, deliberately signed up to Lancaster branch because I saw that as an opportunity to Uh, meet like-minded people from the north of the county. Again, you know, we are based in Blackburn. It just gave me an opportunity just to get out into other parts of the region. So that was a real driving force of that. Um, And it's been absolutely brilliant. Really enjoyed it to the point now where the course started, I think, November last year. It closed in March, and as a group, we've continued with it, and we meet on a monthly basis, and I think we'll continue to to do so for quite a long time. It's a great group of people. It's a fabulous environment, to really be honest, open, transparent, um, and just hear from fellow business directors and owners on issues that they're facing, issues they're experiencing that you then realize you're not on your own. Most businesses are facing the same or similar issues, but being surrounded by like-minded people is really, really powerful. And you come away from that thinking, do you know what? Life's not too bad. And you've got a really good support network around you. Uh, We've got a WhatsApp group. Uh, I'm sure we'll be meeting up for some social occasions in the future as well. That's probably the only part that's missing. But yeah, it's something that I would never ever want to miss. Um, you know, getting up in the morning, because I probably have the furthest to travel to get up there. Um, but it's just something I always relish, I always look forward to it, and I always come away. I'm driving back down the M6 thinking, well, that was three, four hours really well spent. Um, and we'll just drop in on one person and the person who needs the most support or is the focus of the attention is where the rest of the group rally round and, and try and offer advice and guidance as, as best we can. Yeah, it's been excellent. So, and pr- probably worth just mentioning, Paul. Actually, great facilitator. He's picked a really good group of people from all different sectors. Uh, you know, I always use the um, the scenario of you'd never put us all in the same room together. You'd never even think of doing that, but you do. And it's bizarre how well it works. And it's just been absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, I really, really love that.
0: Having attended a peer network myself in a previous role, uh, I can completely relate to that. I found it quite a cathartic process, particularly because when you're in a senior leadership position, it can often be a lonely place. You don't often feel safe to say, actually i don't i don't know what i'm doing with this project this client this 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 member of staff i need some help um you, you feel a little bit pressured sometimes that you have to have all the answers and that you should know all the answers uh, so that's wonderful to hear that you've got such a great support network and you're almost all coaching and mentoring one another yeah
1: absolutely we we, we are and it, it's really nice when you see you know on linkedin um one of the guys recently won a, a business award uh, so everybody else has jumped on that congratulating him you know one of them's just become a granddad slightly different but you know we're all congratulating Stuart for that so yeah it's you, you feel like you're really getting to know people and you're getting to know the, the real person you're not you're not just seeing the fronts you're seeing what's and all the, the good and bad the struggles that they've had to deal with but also the opportunities and the successes that they've generated on the back of it I'll always remember one of the sessions, as Paul always does, he goes around the room, asks everybody how they are, and it came to me, and I dropped the F-bomb because my head was just frazzled, and I I, I was literally... I was, in, I was in a pretty dark place, and for the rest of the session, the group came together and supported me, backed me, not necessarily sometimes saying what you wanted to hear, saying some real truths, but equally, stuff that you went away with, thinking... I need, to, I need to introduce that. That was a great idea. I, I need to bring that to the table. And I need to report that back to the team. Why are we not doing this? So it's a really positive challenge experience. And it's like anything else, isn't it? If, if you want to work, if you want to generate more, you've got to give more. And I think my mindset when I went into the first session was I'm going to be really honest. I'm going to be really open. I'm going to be really vocal. And sometimes I, I'm happy to sit at the back, and just observe. But I didn't want to do that for the peer network. I wanted to try and take a lead on it and support others and just be really honest about me and the business, where we are. And whilst it's hugely exciting, there are always issues. There's always problems. You just need to be in a better mind frame to deal with those problems. And if you're more comfortable, you're more confident with that, you can resolve them a lot quicker.
0: So if we to touch back on people that have been really influential uh, in the business and and for you as an individual, uh, is there anybody else that you'd like to mention?
1: There's numerous people I would want to mention. I think it would be unfair to, to mention so many because I obviously then forget certain people. Um, but I'm a great believer in the fact that you should surround yourself with great people. And I think I'm fortunate with the job, with the business, that we do mix in really good circles with some really influential and fantastic business characters who are really open and happy to share the knowledge and their expertise and a mentor without being a mentor, because I think that's just the way that people are in Lancashire. Um, But there is a standout person and that person is Carol Garrett. Um, And Carol's worked alongside the business for for many, many years now. and she doesn't know this, but I think I would want to class her as almost like an unofficial mentor because she's a go-to person that you can have a conversation with. But the best thing about Carol is that it isn't what's best for Stephen, it's what's best for the business. And you might not like sometimes what she says or how she responds, but you know it's for absolutely right intentions. So Feeding off people like Carol, like Andrew, like Richard, previously Andy Calvert, and yes, my dad. Um, just surround yourself with great people and, and learn from them. And don't be afraid that they might say something that you don't want to hear. Take it on the chin, take it on board for all the right reasons, because they're giving you for all the right reasons and act on it because we all want to hear what we want to hear, but sometimes the best advice isn't what we want to hear but it's what we act upon and it's how we go forward from there.
0: So if we move away slightly from the mentoring side of things, and uh, I think it would be remiss of us not to mention the dreaded C word, Um, you know, coronavirus had a huge impact on lots of businesses, but how did a a media led um, and a face-to-face event business like yours, how did you navigate your way through that?
1: So again, Putting something into context, um, what you have to remember is, in 2020, March the 13th, I think, roughly, don't quote me on that, Red Rose Awards took place, and it took place live. And I'll never forget, on the Wednesday before the event on the Thursday evening, I got three or four phone calls, literally within an hour, of sponsors phoning me to say Stephen we've made the decision we're not going to come to the awards tomorrow night and it was like you could feel this snowball effect of and nobody knew about covid officially then it was everything that we were hearing on the grapevine and we knew something was happening but i don't think anybody knew to the extent of what was going to happen two or three weeks later so what i want to make clear is we were very very fortunate because if our event had been at the end of march or the beginning of april that would have massively impacted on the business hugely so again i think we had about 100 no-shows on the night of red rose awards 2020 Um two weeks later we are in a lockdown i remember boris on the tv um and I remember the following morning, me and Richard had a conversation It was like, right, what do we do? We were isolating, So Richard was in the office on his own. We were all working from home. Um, but again, I go back to Edge chill And because we had a plan in place, we stuck to the plan. And the plan didn't need to change. The biggest differential for us was, obviously, we were, at that time, we were probably putting on about 30 events a year in person so everything had to switch to go online and that fundamentally was the biggest change for us through through lockdown the magazine was still being printed still being distributed we'd set up a service where we're distributing it to people's houses instead of their offices if they wanted that and that went down really really well but it was business as normal for the magazine but equally for the events it was a completely different way of doing it But going back to the way we talked about Red Rose Awards, Lancashire Business View, the way we try and do things, it was, it's not Richard in his bedroom presenting an event. We actually uh, teamed up with um, Big Tank Video Productions based in Ramsbottom, and we wanted to do them right. We wanted to do them professional. We wanted to do them like people were involved in something that was production level absolutely spot on. So there's a real quick learning curve that we had to introduce. We spent the money, we committed to it because, again, we didn't want the uh, sponsors feeling like they, were, they weren't they were getting the value from it. They had to see that we were doing all we could, as best we could, with the right support to execute it in, in the right way. And that's what we did.
0: Well, what a fantastic success you've made of it. You know, you're here still going strong today, so well done.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um, but it, it, it's, it's bizarre really, because I, I, I do genuinely think that we are just getting started and that, that seems utterly bonkers as a business that's 17 years old, but we, we, we keep reminding ourselves about this internally. Um, there is so much appetite for the growth of the business, um, the businesses that we engage with, new businesses that we've not even had conversations with. Uh, opportunities for new events uh, a new website next year you know I think we I think we get bored really quickly so we, we want to keep ourselves just occupied and interested in new shiny stuff um that clearly our readers our advertisers our delegates our panelists, people who enter the awards they want to be part of that as well. so yeah we, we just see huge huge opportunity because business is good in Lancashire. The people are great in Lancashire, so if you can't look to develop your business on the back of that and provide more, I don't think we're doing ourselves or our audiences and um, any justice there as well. So,
0: well, it sounds like the future is going to be super exciting, and we'll be really excited to to sit back and watch you grow and and see everything that happens.
1: I hope so. I hope I haven't bigged it up too much, but because uh, we are measured. Um, and I think we, we have this mindset internally that, you know, if we put on a new Red Rose style event, our rationales is we'll probably not make profit within two or three years of doing that. But we're prepared to to really fight through that and and generate the interest and do a good job in the early years to get it to a level where it can become self-funding and self-profitable. So we're patient on that side. And again, back to the magazine, you know, that was a struggle initially. And, you know, I don't want to paint a picture that life has been incredible since day one. Life's been good fun since day one, but life's been tough since day one. And I think if you've got that long-term strategy of you want to do it for the right reasons, you want to do it for the long term, I think people buy into that. And they want to become part of that journey with you. And you know the best example I can give. And we had the conversation with them on Tuesday. Uh, Forbes solicitors have signed up as our headline sponsor again for the thirteenth year of Red Rose. So ever since we launched, Forbes have been our headline partner. Now, if that's not a partnership, I don't know what is. That's that's really what excites us, and that, that's our barometer. If we if we're doing something like that, we know we're doing something right. And there, there are other examples like that. that. That is the standout because I think that's quite unusual. Um, and I, I just think it shows the appetite for the awards itself.
0: It's been absolutely fascinating to hear all about this journey, Stephen, and even more so um, this constant returning theme of, doing things differently and and wanting to engage with businesses uh on, on a much deeper level uh, a lot of talk about partnerships there which um you know certainly for us as a business that's the way that we like to operate as well it, it really brings a lot of added value to everyone that's involved uh, and it's been really interesting to to hear your journey as well and I'm sure your dad' will definitely appreciate the shout out thanks ever so much it's been it's been absolutely fascinating thank you
1: enjoyed it